Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 11 minutes after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I think with exception of a visit to the zoo, where you think you know like what animals are, and then you bring your kids to the zoo, and they're like, hey, what's that? And you're like, ah, actually, I don't know. That's not an antelope, I guess. It's a <laughs> some other, some other thing. longer name right. thing. <laughs> with exception of how stupid you feel as a new parent taking your kids to the zoo because you realize you don't know anything about wildlife. <laughs> I think probably advanced economics is the most confusing thing to me in the world. And it's for maybe many of us because we have all... <laughs> All our money somewhere in these banks or whatever, and we just—I know how to use the app. (laughs) (laughs) Deposit check. Here you go. But like the—the things that the president was just talking about, how banks collapse, what happens to the money, how people will be made whole, who doesn't get made whole—is confusing, I think, to a lot of us. So I guess what did you hear the president say? Basically, what what his remarks at the top of the hour here said to me is, if you're just you or me or somebody else, and you had money invested in this bank, You will, your money's not gone. We'll figure that out, whether it's FDIC insured or what, your money's not gone. So we will make people whole in some way when we sort this whole thing out. Furthermore, that there wouldn't be a taxpayer bailout. I think some people are going to debate that and question that, but that's what the president is saying at this point, that taxpayers won't bear the brunt of the burden of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. and whether that it's on them, yes, on the banks. And shareholders, people who invested. Now, if you invested in a bank, that's different than putting your money in the Correct. bank. He draws right. that line of like, look, just like if you buy a stock – at $10 and you hope it goes up to $20 a share and the company goes under, you lose your money like you're mm-hmm. out because that was an investment that you knowingly made provided there was no fraud there or anything that the company did to mislead you. Sorry, you took a bet that didn't pay off. So for those folks who were invested in these banks and for the banks themselves, there will be penalties. But I guess I do question like, okay, but where if it's not on the taxpayers, where does it come from? If the money's gone, it's gone. How much would be insured? Would be the you know right, and insured by the FDIC, which right. is us, right? Sure. I guess the the extent of my banking knowledge in terms of runs on the bank runs back to Mary Poppins. <laughs> Remember that scene where the kid wanted his what was it his tuppence back, and then they ran on the bank, and everyone said they won't give that kid his money, and there was a run on the bank because everybody came to take their money out. In the one day, and I they closed. That was, it's a Wonderful Life. That's Mary Poppins. Am I getting my movies mixed up now? The kid with the tuppins. Tuppins. Yeah. Tuppins. It's both, dude. It's both. both. It's both. Okay. Thank you, Debbie. So that's the probably the extent of my knowledge of the banking system. But it kind of sounds like that may have happened here in terms of the Silicon Valley. Like, did everybody just go Ozark and ask for their eight million dollars well, in I, duffel bags today? I would. <laughs> right. I want to be the first one. If I'm here and there's trouble. And I don't know that any bank can really withstand that, right? What do they say? No, Only about a quarter of like money is there. Correct. Right? So if you have maybe however much money invested in the bank, if everybody goes today and says, give it to me in cash, like they can't yeah, do that. it doesn't exist. Right. Didn't we run into that with Y2K? Wasn't there an issue of like whether or not there was actually enough physical money? Because people were Anywhere? worried that Y2K was going to just, you know, wipe out things and your accounts would be zero <laughs> and all this stuff. Right, because of that, the, the date glitch. thing, right? Yeah. Yes, the glitch. So 
I don't know. It sounds like that may well have happened. In terms of any other ramifications that even if you don't have bank inv- money invested in Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank, what are some of the ripple effects? They just pulled this up on Yahoo Finance. They talk about some major companies that you may know um, that are impacted. Roku is among them. So that's like uh, watching TV. It's a cord cutting thing, right? Mm-hmm. Roku's an app, and then you can watch through that. Yep. They had about half a billion dollars or so, 26% of its $1.9 billion in cash through Silicon Valley Bank. So they're still trying to figure out what ramifications that will have for people who might be customers of Roku or any of that. Here's something that might be, have a direct impact on maybe even some folks locally. Etsy. You ever shop? You ever buy anything oh, on sure, Etsy? Oh, sure. Yeah. Kind of neat. Yeah, so like local craft makers mm-hmm. or artisans or whatever can peddle their wares on Etsy, and it's sort of a clearinghouse for, you know what it is? It's the Saturday morning craft fair at the church, yes. except for it's online yeah. and it's global. You can find some gems in there. Yeah, absolutely. I bought things on there. A lot of folks like to support these small artists. So that e-commerce company is reportedly delaying some payments, this according to Yahoo Finance, to sellers as it used Silicon Valley Bank to facilitate disbursement. Uh, Here's the quote. At Etsy, supporting our sellers is our highest priority. We understand how important it is for these small businesses to be able to receive their funds when they need them. We recently experienced a delay in issuing payments to some sellers related to the unexpected collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. So they say we're working on it. And if you take the president as his word, they'll figure that out. But right, if you sold whatever you just sold and you're waiting for your monthly payment from Etsy... (laughs) It <laughs> could be delayed and right. impacted. Rocket Labs, what do they do? I haven't heard of them. Cash and cash Is that equivalents. the Rocket Mortgage people? I, you know, might be, Deb. I'm not positive, but they say they were deeply impacted. They had a lot of uh, cash there through Silicon Valley Bank, and this one caught my eye. Roblox. Your kid's on Roblox? They ever play that? Oh, jeez. Right? Okay. I, he, it's that weird video game. Or, yeah, I, I think they have like a bunch of different things. Right? But you know you've heard of it, right? <laughs> yes. And there are Robux <laughs> that you can play. This is a game that my kids, I don't know when they were Uh-oh. like in Trouble then. middle school, right? This could affect this. They start playing this game that's really bizarre. You take on an avatar or a character or something right. like that, and you can drive this car around, and the graphics were deliberately bad. It was just kind of strange looking. Mm. And they could do all sorts of things. And then, of course, there are in-game purchases that you can make so you have money to buy your person a new house or things like that. <laughs> this, To me, you could not have told me this figure is out there because it just seemed like a silly game my kids were playing. Of Roblox Corporation's $3 billion in yep. cash. Yep. It's a metaverse That's thing. That's incredible. Cash and securities balances, uh, 5% held at Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> So I guess if your kid's waiting on buying a mansion in the Roblox world, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, kids, these are important lessons. <laughs> good, good. This is a good way to learn. Yes, the Roblox a, are all gone. It's a learning moment. You invested in the wrong bank. Yes. So I don't know what more to make of it other than that, other than, the, again, the uh, the but president's words that the if the, you're regular old folks... You'll be okay. The, the debate will be, you know, what restrictions should be put in place now or reenacted or what have you that should be put in place for these banks to protect those who are putting money into them. So will Congress act on something like this? The president's looking for something to be done now. I mean, it's going to be a debate. There's no way that this is going to be a snap of a finger type of deal. But do we need to have some kind of restrictions in place that protect 
anyone who's putting money into these banks. Well, and the FDIC thing that I raised is an interesting point. I think it's up to $250,000 That's now, the right? number Wasn't that $100,000 for the longest yeah. time when we were younger? And now uh, somebody texting in on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Banks pay into the FDIC like us paying for home insurance, mm-hmm. but FDIC will only pay so much per depositor, right? There's a certain amount of money that you can have guaranteed. What it sounded like the president was saying is above and beyond that. If you had more in it, Sure sounded like to me from what he was commenting on just moments ago was that everyone will be protected, that it, that they will take care of the people that were using these banks and now lost a ton of money. Uh, let me see. I got another interesting text. And we were, Regardless we're t- of funds. Talking about Etsy, uh, this person texting at 855-616-1620. Many local people are Etsy sellers, including one of my daughters. So, right, if you're someone who counts on that as extra income or maybe even – like, that's your gig job? That's your new thing? Mm. You have to do some pretty high volume in order to be making a living Not off impossible, of that. Not impossible, but yeah, there's but something right. there. And if that's the the account that you count on for, for the extras in your life, right? your payments could be delayed, and that's a way that we would feel that locally. And this text, Sean Went never trusted banks. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need help, he's got silver coins. 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty-three on Wisconsin's morning news. Kind of uh, along the same lines. If you had to pick something outside of high finance that I also don't understand, it's taxes. But <laughs> I'm in good company there, right? Oh, uh, we can all just pretend, right? We we had a laugh this morning because I was playing. We, we do these tax tips every week leading up to, or every day leading up to, uh, tax filing deadline yeah. day, which is the eighteenth this year. Because of a weekend on the 15th, and then I think there's a national holiday or some sort of holiday on the on the Monday. So it's going to be Tuesday the 18th is when your tax returns are due this year. But we were talking about the Seinfeld where Kramer, oh, there's something wrong with Jerry's stereo, and Kramer's like, I can take care of that for you. And he mailed it. And then the idea was to get money by blaming it on the post office yes. for breaking it. And it got all smashed up. And Jerry's and then, like, well, wait, so wait, the post office is going to pay for my yeah. new stereo? And he wanted to know how come that was. Yeah. It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. <laughs> this is one of the great conversations with Kramer ever. The debate, as we said, like over what you can write off and what you can't or what you deduct from your taxes, that's a good one. And it depends on who you're tax advisor is on that more on that in a moment but kramer's just making the argument that yeah they just write it off but he doesn't really understand what a write-off is write it off what jerry all these big companies they write off everything you don't even know what a write-off is do you no i don't but they do and they're the ones writing it off i mean it makes a really good point But it got me thinking. I've known people that write off all kinds of stuff on their taxes. For what purpose? For this is a this is a work related expense, and I think they use that pretty. First of all, you can't just write off anything that you use for work. So why would? So like, what's an example of that? So someone who works in media, like you and me, can we write off our cable? Because, well, I have to have, you know, I'm, when I'm at home, I need to show prep here. I must have the cable. Come on. I, abs- true story. Somebody I worked with in this town in media. <laughs> wrote off the cable, wrote off the newspaper, wrote off any magazines. And that's that was legit. It worked. If but they were it, to get audited, I, it would worked. They I don't know some... if it was legit. 
I mean, she wasn't arrested, as far as I know. (laughs) Writing off the cable. Wow, that's like a two hundred dollar bill. (laughs) Poof. Right. I mean, it'd be great. Mm, But no, I don't know if folks have stories about things they have successfully written off or might be toeing the line a little bit. Eight five five six one six. You can be anonymous. (laughs) One six twenty. Yeah. Just uh, tell us a story about your friend. Yeah. Who wrote this, that, or the other thing off? But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But it it does in terms of taxes if you're doing your own, and I don't know if anybody does it unassisted now. Without well, you mean like TurboTax Turbo tax or, or something, right? One of these others where you just basically follow the directions, and they ask TurboTax asks you all the questions. Did you do this? Yeah, and you go Did boom, 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 boom. Right. Yep. But man, I still remember getting that piece of paper out. You know, going to the library or whatever to get your was it a ten forty or yeah, something? That sounds right. Yeah, write that in there. Write that in there. You know what? One of my favorite things is like a few things that make me smile every time. You know, my, my kids, my okay. wife, Skittles. Me. Skittles make me smile. You make me, me smile. And pancake when you see us in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Every time I see Greg, it makes me smile. That's you know, true. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that makes me smile every time I see it, it's the Dancing Statue of Liberties. Whenever I see a Dancing <laughs> Statue of Liberty, I smile. Yes. I don't see him as much anymore, I feel like, but... Those guys are awesome. Liberty tax preparers always got the guy dressed <laughs> yeah. up in the whatever. Just dancing there the whole on the road, waving at you. I always give him a little honk if I can. Honk, honk. <laughs> Bet they appreciate it. Yeah, they do. They always point and wave. Hey. I haven't seen any this year. Hmm. Yeah, you can't just write off whatever you want. Our tax tip this morning was from ABC News, and Daria Albinger had a tax expert on there saying, like, yeah, unless you, like, own your own business. Like, so if, if the three of us, you, me, and Greg, go out today for lunch— and I say, well, I'll pick it up. It's a business expense. I can't just write that off. I can't go Kramer on it and just, yeah, you just. It's a write-off. For them. <laughs> How is it a write-off? They just write it off. You just write it off. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't count. There's a lot of that going on. Well, though you can expense it. <laughs> well, that's different. But then somebody looks at that right, here. And wonders, hey, why are you expensing with a, this? Hey, what, I got a receipt for $78 and <laughs> from... Hey? What's this? From the bar at the, in the market here? <laughs> what is this? And your name's on it, and Eric and Greg. What is this? I, I don't know. It's a meeting. They just write it off. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty-one on Wisconsin's morning news. This on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Write off anything you want, but if you're not a business, you're begging for an audit. Home <laughs> offices too. That's exactly right. You asked me like, well, did she get away with it? I'm like, well, she did until presumably Oof. she didn't. Yeah, I mean, you can try to go under the radar there, but hmm. so you know, Greg, is this right? Pancake, you know someone who was a, a dancing Statue of Liberty? Yeah, so one of my friend's older sisters used to work out uh, where I'm from. She used to be the tax liberty person, dancing out on the street, whatever, and she would bring props with her. They'd bring, like, toy lightsabers and stuff. And she, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure she was great at and it. And she was yeah. very good at it, so much so that she got the attention of someone who eventually got her fired because they complained about their antics. At one point, she fake-mooned somebody with her, like, <laughs> liberty dress, and that was it for her. Now, how bad does it have to be? To have someone actually like call it in, like <laughs> that's a great, which is crazy because she would tell 
us stories of things that people would do to them, which is not radio friendly. And they wouldn't <laughs> be subject to any sort of penalty. Wow. They do so one she thing. gave it back one time? Yeah, and it wasn't so good fake for Fake mooning. The Statue of Liberty fake moon. I, I don't you. want to get mooned by the Statue of Liberty <laughs> in America. I might call on that one. Hey, uh, that would I just got mooned by your... They have lightsabers. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's really hard job to get whacked from, don't you? Right. Think? Yeah, you must really be doing something wrong if you're the dancing statue of liberty and you lose your job. Guess they drew. Guess they drew the line at mooning. Like, <laughs> unless listen. you were giving advice, tax advice from the street to a passerby or mooning somebody. But the. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning. Eric Bilstead, Vince Vetrano here with you. Greg Pancake Hill producing the program. We'll take you up to 9 o'clock. Takeaways from the Oscars for you, E? Um, no excitement from last year. I forgot to watch, which... <laughs> no punches I, were thrown. <laughs> right. I had intended to watch. I tried not much into award shows, even the Oscars. Yeah. I had intended to watch just to get a little bit of a flavor. I got caught up watching on tape delay, which turned out to be not very dramatic for a finish, the uh, Players' Championship in golf. Oh, okay. All right. And as that became, like, down the stretch, a boat race, basically, that was kind of out on that. Well, so I wanted to see, especially with uh, Kimmel, I just wanted to see what he yeah. was going to say about the Will Smith thing from last year, and he brought it up. We uh, want you to have fun. We want you to feel safe. And most importantly, we want me to feel safe. So we have strict policies in place. If anyone in this theater commits an act of violence at any point during the show, you will be awarded the Oscar for Best Actor <laughs> and permitted to give a 19-minute long speech. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. Boy, it sure seemed like it was 19 minutes long. Because if you recall, Will Smith did win uh, Best Actor, and then he spoke for a very long time. Kimmel wasn't done. No, but seriously, the Academy has a crisis team in place. If anything unpredictable or violent happens during the ceremony, just do what you did last year. Nothing. <laughs> Sit there and do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Maybe even give the assailant a hug. <laughs> Which also Which happened. Also happened. <laughs> I'm glad assailant. he went that way with it. First of all, you had to mention it. Yep. You look terrible if you don't. Like, oh, well, we, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Secondly, it is ripe for exactly that kind of comedy, which right. wasn't really mean or awful. It's a little biting, but just I thought just just the right level of poking a little bit. Sure. couple of the uh, speeches, Jamie Lee Curtis one, which is a fan favorite. My mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just won an Oscar. Yeah, so that was a neat moment. Uh, it was uh, a, a pretty fun speech. She won for Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Best Supporting Actress in that role. Also, uh, from that same movie, Ki Huy Kwan won. They say stories like this only happen in the movies. I cannot believe it's happening to me. This, this is the American dream. Yeah, so he was fired up. So one thing to remember about this guy, so he was shorty. He was short round in the Temple of Doom. Hey, short round. And there was a moment when he and Harrison Ford were on stage together, which was neat. Uh, he was also in Goonies, but he also then like was not getting jobs. So it's not like a lot of these 
you know, you just kind of assume sometimes that everyone still has relevancy or whatnot. And no, like he was not working. He was struggling to even like pay for bills. And, and now he's an Oscar winner. He even brought up the Goonies while he was up there. I love all of them so much. And every single one of them was so happy. Sean reached out, Josh, Martha, uh, and, uh, you know, we are always bonded. Uh, uh, you know, we're family forever. Goonies never say die. So by the way, if there were, what what did I say a year ago that like the one movie that hasn't been brought back yet from the eighties was Goonies. If this doesn't propel that into reality, what will, what are you proposing? Like, where are they now? Yes. And then there's like another young crop of kids that do a Goonie like thing. Okay. You know, it's their kids get together. How has that not happened yet? That's fine. It writes itself. The formula is already there. You made an interesting point, though, that I want to expand on, too, in, in terms of the, the gap in his career between meaningful work. You know, he comes out, he's got Goonies, and he's got Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. Or, sorry, right, it was uh, Indiana Jones, Temple mm-hmm. of Doom, yes, right? Second yes. one in the series. Yes. And then, like, nothing. Child actor, and then just nothing there. He, he was had... an Encino man. Yes. <laughs> and they brought that up last night. So, he like I said, Frazier. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, but people, you know, I have a lot of artists in my life, people who are uh, mostly theater or stage actors yeah. or whatever, and you think you're on this ascendancy. You get that big part, and then, like, so a lot of us in our work lives, okay, you get a promotion at work, and then you do that job well, and you get another promotion, and then maybe you switch jobs for another, you know, and you, so you have this sort of upward ascendancy that goes gradually up, and you mm-hmm. build your career. And the arts and, and, and entertainment industry, it's just not like that sometimes. You can get that big part, and then for whatever reason, that next big part isn't out there right. for you. I've seen that happen. And you're like, when is it going to come? And then at what point do I give up and just get a jobby job? No, <laughs> you know? please, no. Right, not a real Not job. an office job. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, T- Temple of Doom, so the Indiana Jones series. So John Williams, the guy who composed it, he's a Brilliant composer. All, one composed of my, all of the yeah, music. One of my all-time everything. favorites. He was nominated uh, for the Fablemans because he works with Spielberg so closely. Anyway, he was there. He's 91 years old, and Kimmel mentioned this to him. I thought it was worth bringing John turned 91 years old last month, and he's still scoring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and by the way, uh, if you've never made love to the score from Raiders of the Lost Ark, do yourself a favor. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so then we've got to get to the Hugh Grant thing. So Hugh Grant was a presenter, but like he, he was like trending on social media for something that happened before the Oscars. And I happened to catch it live. Like I, I watched very little of the pregame festivities, yeah. the red carpet stuff. The red carpet, the, but I, I happened, the dresses. I happened to see this one moment when he was talking to Ashley Graham. And I don't know if you've ever seen it before. Usually they like bounce around between three or four little spots on the carpet. And it's like, hi, I'm here with whomever, you know, Nicole Kidman. Hi, I'm here with whatever. And then... All of a sudden, Ashley Graham, who is one of the interviewers, she's there with Hugh Grant, who from the start, you could tell he didn't want to be there at all. Worst interview ever. Listen to this. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the, the whole of humanity is here. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's Vanity Fair. All right, so that's his oh, best answer. It's all about Vanity <laughs> it Fair. Yes, it gets, that's as good as it gets. Loose, it gets worse. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, 
Not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay. All well, right. What are you wearing tonight then? Uh, just my suit. Your suit. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Throw her a bone. Uh, I can't remember my tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but yeah. still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. It was nice <laughs> to Good finish there. All right, back to you guys. I, and then he okay. rolled his eyes when he left. He's like, oh, you know, walks away. Like, dude, she's like, yeah. she was doing Terrible anything. interview. She, she did a terrible anything. job. What else could she do? Like she was like, actually, I, I was pretty impressed with yes. Ashley Graham. Like she kind of held too. herself pretty well. Compared, you know, one word answers. Didn't want to be up there you know. at the end. All right, maybe he wants to talk about his art. Maybe he wants to talk about his work. Okay, you were in this. How'd you like that? Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> okay, but you enjoyed it. Something. Okay, enjoy yourself tonight. Yeah, right. Well, maybe. Okay, I loved it at the end. You could almost hear. Okay, we're done here then. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Thank right. you. I'm sorry. Sorry I even bothered you here. I on would the red have carpet. loved to have seen the feed of her after they cut away because she was probably like, geez, thanks for nothing. I wonder if she had a producer in her ear too. Try this. Ask him this. Yeah. Who knows? Ask, ask him who he's wearing. Like, like you'd need to be prompted to do that. Right. But just my suit. <laughs> Which okay. I, I can appreciate that. Like, I, I, I do appreciate his cynicism of like mocking it. But at the same time, you're not helping anybody. Yeah. by just kind of like rolling your eyes at everybody. Well, what do you do? Why, why are you there then? If you don't want to be there, don't. Why? So did I someone wonder, make you go? If you're a presenter, so he was on with Andy McDowell. Actually, he had a pretty good off-color joke that he made on stage. But he uh, maybe you're obligated if you're a presenter. Okay, but do you have to be a presenter? <laughs> right. That's good, my good question. If this whole night is loathsome <laughs> to you and you're going to wear that on your sleeve, then you know, take a pass, dude. Somebody else will do it. <laughs> You you sound outraged now, like you. Now I'm mad. <laughs> I've never been a Hugh Grant guy anyway. Oh, just, oh, so now it comes on. Now you just don't like Hugh Grant. I don't dislike him. I just like he's this. It's the same movie every time with this guy. Pick a new leading lady to make out with for two hours, and that's that. There is that every Hugh Grant movie. Yeah, pretty close, but he's kind of always like the little bit of the dithering <laughs> fool, a little, a little bit. swab, yeah. uh, <laughs> Fine, sorry. The Oscars, they're terrible. Anyway, everything, everywhere, won everything. And then there's that. 848 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Or 8.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News. U.S. markets right now, the Dow, or the uh, the bell just rang about, what is it? It's 8.30 our time, right? Bell on Wall Street. And Dow Jones Industrial Average is actually up more than 70 points right now. S&P 500 is off 8, and the NASDAQ is down 10 points. But there was concerns that the markets might tank today, continue their downward trend of the last several weeks. And in particular, because you had the bank collapses of Silicon Valley and uh, Signature Bank that, that might cause a... A collapse. No, it's early yet, as we say, but as markets were initially down, you have the Dow actually up now 70 points this morning. So we'll keep an eye on that for you through the day here at WTMJ. Wanted to bring this back because we received an extraordinary email from fan of the program who pointed something out that he wanted, he specifically wanted you and me, Eric, right. to know that this was happening. It's a fantastic email. And he was right. Like it was, yes, well received right in our wheelhouse. So the city of Milwaukee is poised to, as is Madison, to file a lawsuit that would sue automakers Kia and Hyundai because too many people are stealing their cars. And we've already kind of discussed and debated the merits of the suit, which is not why I bring it up this morning. It was an astute observation from one of the fans of our program named Bruce. 
who sent us an email over the weekend, and he addresses it to Bill Trono. <laughs> I appreciate that. Should we start using that? Is that a thing? I like that. Bill Trono. Bill Trono, sorry to bug you guys on a Saturday. Saw something on TMJ4 this morning that I did not want you to miss. So here's what he didn't want us to miss. Story by TMJ4's Ryan Jenkins about the effort in their Project Drive Safer reporting. In fact, they are part of the thing tonight, right? Yes, they've got the town hall at Marquette. Yep, yep, yep. And they've been doing these stories, and so they've got City Attorney Tierman Spencer in this interview. City Attorney Tierman Spencer confirming today that Milwaukee is ready to sue automakers Kia and Hyundai, the manufacturers of the two most commonly stolen car brands in the city. In my estimation, Milwaukee is ground zero for this Kia matter and where things have started. So Ryan Jenkins is interviewing the city attorney, Spencer, via like Zoom or Teams or whatever your platform is. Mm-hmm. And he has an interesting background. He writes to us, the emailer, seriously, WTF did I just watch? Now, we've had three years to figure out the virtual call, the Zoom or the Teams or the Google Meets or whatever. The funny things that are in the background, yeah. the books, the the husband who's got a shirt off and doesn't Do you, realize you're on a call and walks by. Didn't know that part of the kitchen was in the background. Yeah, His dishes yeah. all over we've the place. We've all learned this by now. We've had three years to figure out. The stuff that's behind you, people are going to see. And whether you want it to or not, it sends a message about who you are. And, you know, some people have been very deliberate with their backdrops. Sure, of course. In fact, I remember when Susan was anchoring the news at home during the pandemic, she had, like, she would change out some stuff on her bookshelf. I appreciated that. A little thing. So people have been most, in most cases, actually deliberate Mm -hmm. then about what's behind them. (laughs) At the very least conscious of it. (laughs) And here's how our emailer Bruce describes what he saw in City Attorney Tierman Spencer's Zoom frame. A random scattering of nearly empty booze bottles hovering menacingly over a mantle, centered as if by design over his right shoulder. All the top shelf stuff, Jose Cuervo tequila, J&B scotch, bottle of sake, and what he describes as a four liter bottle of Grey Goose. (laughs) And then a really bad piece of artwork. Don't you want to, what would be worse though, if it were, it, it looks like it's presented. Right, it looks like it's stacked up there in a in a display of. You mean as opposed to like they had a <laughs> they, just they had a barn burner last night. <laughs> right, right. It's so just it it's like, not empties. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he almost put them up there. Like I want to believe he did like your it. Your college be, house yeah. after your party. I no. want to believe he did it to be funny. Like I want to believe that it's a sense of humor thing. You know what? I'm going to put a bunch of booze back here. Like I don't know if that's the right call, but that's what I want to believe, and not that it was just like they're stacked up there well, from the night before. Particularly when you're being interviewed about <laughs> safe driving in Milwaukee. <laughs> Our guy Bruce finishes with, "What are the odds he was wearing pants?" Oh boy. 8:56 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ W277CV and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ. A good karma brand station. Eight fifty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. Well, I got to get out of your way. You got three hours here, and I'm running late on you. Yeah, Steve. you can use it up. But it's less time. I got to talk. No yeah. problem. I watched the Oscars first time in years last night. Yeah, you never watch. You always no. come on and say, "I don't watch that." Yes, yeah, so I watched it because I why I wanted to be in because I know okay. Carol wants to talk about it. And to to be honest. It seemed like a traditional Oscars broadcast to me. You had the funny comedian at the beginning. Speeches were okay. There was no craziness that I noticed. Uh, I, there's a woman who wore this weird 
dress thing in the audience blocking the view of like six other people. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for the people sitting there. What is that about? <laughs> the, the selfishness of that. I, uh, well, I might dig into that one. And Carol's going to uh, share some of her Oscar stories because she's, she's been to the Oscars. Yeah. yeah, so awesome. that's all coming up. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.